You've discovered TalkZone.com, the best in Internet talk radio. TalkZone.com. Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. If you're a parent and the most you ever say to your kids about money is, what do I look like, Fort Knox? Well, you're in for a treat. Janet Bodner is a recognized financial advisor and mother of three kids, and she has some advice for every parent who wants money-smart kids. Janet, welcome to InfoTrack. My pleasure. Now, you're the author of a book called Raising Money Smart Kids, which makes sense since you're the deputy editor with Kiplinger's Personal Finance, and you have a column called Money Smart Kids. Yes. I guess my first question is, it seems like kids have a lot to worry about these days. Do we really need to start giving them financial advice? Well, Chris, I think the whole point is not to start too soon. I always say that rather than far from being a pushing parent, I'm a pulling parent, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to keep kids young as long as possible and don't push them into anything that they're not ready for and don't overload them with advice or knowledge that they really can't comprehend. But as far as money is concerned, what I'm trying to get across to parents is to be comfortable with discussions about finances with your kids. And what this means for young kids is simply to answer their questions in an age-appropriate way, just as you would address any other subject, you know. Talking to a young child about money is as simple as explaining to them where the money comes from when they push the buttons on an ATM. I mean, most kids probably think there's a little printing press in there. A lot of adults think the same thing, right? And the 20s just come out. But, you know, if you just explain very simply to your child that the bank is like a big piggy bank for mom and dad, and when we put our money in, the piggy bank is filled up, just like when the child puts his or her money in, and then when his piggy bank is empty, sometimes mom and dad's piggy bank is empty as well until they put more money in. So it's a very simple way of explaining why you can't just go to the bank, to the ATM any old time and get out money like Fort Knox. Sure. Right? And that's a financial discussion. That qualifies. It doesn't have to be an explanation of how the Federal Reserve Board changes interest rates. Now, obviously, um, parents are well used to hearing things like, Mom, can I have that? Or I want this? Or mm-hmm. how soon can I get this toy? Or can I have $10 or whatever it might mm-hmm. be? You say that it's good to have snappy comebacks to those types of questions. What happens is sometimes parents either don't really ever answer the question or they'll say, oh, ask me later, or they'll cave in and say yes because the kids are bugging them. They're out in a store somewhere and their kids are asking for something and mom or dad says yes just to get them off their back. And that's the worst thing you can do because, number one, you end up spending way too much money on your kids. Number two, you're not really teaching them anything about limits and the fact that they can't always have everything that they ask for. So you have to be prepared for these questions. And if you don't want to buy them something, then you don't just say no. You say no. I'm not going to buy you that right now because I'm here in this toy store to shop for a birthday gift for your friend Michael. We're not buying anything today. Or you can say to your kids, we're going to the toy store to buy a birthday present for Michael. If you would like to buy something, then you need to bring your own money and anticipate these potential conflicts. Or if you're taking your very young child to the grocery store, you might say, no, we're going to the grocery store. I'm going to buy groceries. You may choose one thing. You get to pick one thing on our shopping trip. That way, you know, if the kids pick up something off the shelf, cookies or whatever, and you say, well, now is that the one thing that you would like to buy or would you like to wait and see what else there might be? 
This way, you know, it keeps the child busy throughout the shopping trip and it keeps the child from throwing a tantrum in aisle three because as long as the kids know what the rules are going in, they'll be willing to abide by those rules, especially if you are willing to enforce the rules, if they know you're a softy and that you don't really mean what you say. That's another story. But the point is, say what you mean and follow through on it, mm-hmm. and it will be a happy shopping excursion that's for good. all of you. <laughs> sure. Well, that's good advice. Now, why is it, Janet, that in some families it seems money is sort of a taboo topic and, and people grow up feeling, is this not something you should discuss or really learn about? It's something to be kept secret. What's that all about? Well, I think a lot of it is just the way we were all raised. I mean, it's always been that way. And we learn from the way we were brought up. And I think we tend to pass things along to our children also. I think parents feel uncomfortable talking about money with their children or they're worried that the children are going to ask uncomfortable questions like how much do you make or Mm -hmm. are we rich or are we poor, those kinds of difficult questions. And parents aren't quite sure how to deal with those issues. But one overall thing that I would say is that I think parents worry too much about this because really children don't want to know what the family balance sheet is. They don't really want to know how much exactly you make. And you shouldn't tell them anyway because you're entitled to your privacy. Simply by feeling more comfortable with money and addressing some of those issues, you can get a lot of knowledge across to your kids that will be helpful to them when they grow up, which is the whole point of this, right? To turn them into financially independent adults at some point in the future. Absolutely. When when hopefully they leave your home. (laughs) Yeah, right. Move out of the nest. We're talking with Janet Bodner, who's the author of Raising Money Smart Kids, and she's definitely editor with Kiplinger's Personal Finance. Janet, you say that teenagers do not need credit cards. Yes, I really firmly believe that children, including teenagers, need to learn how to manage cash first before they move on to credit. It's just like they need to learn how to crawl before they walk and walk before they run. They need to learn how to manage cold, hard cash. I know this is the electronic age, but nevertheless, when we're talking about kids, the more concrete you can make money, the better it is, so that when they spend something, whether they're buying a Lego set or an iPod, if it's their money that's actually coming out of their pocket, they can see the great big empty in their piggy bank or the great big empty in their wallet, and money is much more real to them. And once they have gotten a handle, literally a handle on how much things cost and how to spend things and how to parcel out their cash, then they can move on to credit cards, which are much more esoteric as far as money is concerned. It's not real money to kids. And I really think that kids can do without a credit card until they're juniors or seniors in college even and have Mm -hmm. proven the fact that they can live away from home for a couple of years and control their spending with a checking account and a debit card. And once they've done that, to their satisfaction and to your satisfaction, then they can move on to credit cards. And there's plenty of time for them to compile a, a credit history and a credit report. Sure. Now, another question. How do you get your kids interested in saving money when obviously they want to spend money and get all sorts of goodies all the time. Well, you know what you do, Chris? You tell them, look, you know, if you save the money, you can buy something bigger later on. You sort of tempt them with rewards for their thrift in the same way you would do it for yourself. I mean, saving just for the sake of saving isn't much fun, even for grown-ups. But if you're saving for a car, if you're saving for a vacation or for retirement, or if you have some goal in mind, you know, it gives you something to work toward because you know that you can enjoy yourself later. And by passing up small purchases now, you can enjoy bigger things later. And I think you do the same thing. That's how you encourage kids to save. Of course, their goals will be different. The older the child, the bigger the goal. Obviously, a six-year-old, you know, even saving for some 
something that's one or two weeks away is probably as much as a six-year-old can handle because mm-hmm. that seems like forever. But once kids get to be a teenager, you know, they can save for more expensive things that may take more time to build up the money for. But, you know, the point is there is a reward for their efforts, and I think that's very important. That's really the best way to get them to start saving money. And then you can do interesting things like you can offer a match, you know, and you might say, well, if they're saving for a new Lego set that costs $50, you might say to them, well, if you can save $30 toward this set, I'm willing to contribute $20 to it. Oh, that's a good idea, sure. Yeah, and I think that that's something that appeals to children. Well, the book is Raising Money Smart Kids, What They Need to Know About Money and How to Tell Them. Janet Bodner is the author, and she's deputy editor with Kiplinger's Personal Finance. Janet, thanks so much for joining us on InfoTrack. Oh, it was my pleasure. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.